Happy birthday, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, from 77 WABC. Really? <laughs> I was hoping not to even... Okay, then. Thank you. Uh, WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, here with you. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. If you'd like to be part of the program, all you have to do is dial 800 848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. Diego's going to rock and roll today. So that's, we're looking forward to hearing his music selections. Uh, Don Lemon, Don Lemon. Do we really, do I really want to start this with Don Lemon? Yeah, okay. Don Lemon, you know, CNN is supposed to be the new CNN again. It went from the Clinton News Network to um, then it went to whatever it went to uh, during Bush, the We Hate Bush Network, and then it went to the Let's Suck Up to Obama Network and never report anything that Obama really did. And then, of course, it went into the overdrive hate for Donald Trump and everything Republican uh, after Donald Trump took over. Now you got this, and of course, the ratings at CNN just continue to plummet. They have no credibility, as far as I'm concerned, as a real legitimate news organization. They just It's like MSNBC and CNN are the extremist arms of the Democrat network. Then you have the other Democrat stations, ABC, NBC, CBS, the regular network stations. Of course, they've always been in the pocket of the Democrat Party. And then you have the print media the print media in this country uh, is divided into two camps, completely liberal, which is most of the mainstream press. And now you have a fledgling but growing conservative print media that is actually, and, and, and if you look at the story selections, as I do, from both, you can actually see the difference right in front of your face. You can see the stories in conservative media, and if you look at the the uh, the print media from the quote unquote mainstream, it's the two are nothing alike, nothing alike. They don't cover the same news stories. They don't have the same emphasis. None of it. So we get this new boss over at uh, CNN, and he's just telling everybody, "Oh yeah, we're going to go back to journalism. We're going to go back to journalism." Wah, 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 wah. Uh, nothing so far that indicates that that's true. Chris Licht is his name. Don Lemon has made another set of statements. We, you know, sit around, we talk about these things. We want to give this false equivalence to Democrats and Republicans. That's not where we are right now, says Lemon. Republicans are doing something that is very dangerous to our society. We have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that as Americans. We must acknowledge that as journalists because if we don't, we're not doing our jobs. John, Don Lemon, you've never done your job as a journalist. You're just a partisan hack commentator that reads the news. Your views aren't remotely the views of the American people, yet you parade your opinion around as if, just like this, that Republicans are doing something that is very dangerous to our society. Well, Don, spell it out. What are Republicans doing exactly that is so dangerous to our society? And if you want to talk about dangerous to society, Mr. Lemon, what has the Democrat Party done 
over the last 200 years in America. And what have they, what have they accelerated? We have Democrat district attorneys all over America letting criminals out of jail so that they can com- uh, commit more crimes under the name of bail, bail reform. We have an economy that is tanking because your party, the Democrats, Mr. Lemon, decided that since Donald Trump instituted policies that brought America to a great point in the economy, you had to destroy it because you can't have anything that Trump did. That was out of sheer hatred. That was nothing to do with America and what's good for America. We can't sit here and pretend like, well, Republicans, it's a cut them a break. Let's, we we want to hear. They have a lot to answer for in this moment. They have a lot to answer for for what happened with the former president of the United States, why they allowed his antics to go on for so long. Oh, you mean his antics like straightening up the border? Where right now there is a wholesale invasion into America? You mean antics like that? You mean antics like actually making America an energy independent nation instead of having a president like Joe Biden over in Saudi Arabia right now begging the Saudis for oil? You mean like those kind of antics, Mr. Lemon? Don Lemon has the the intellectual capacity of a typical Democrat college student. It's all Democrat talking points, and that's all you get from this guy. He's not a serious journalist. I don't understand why CNN continues. Well, I do, because CNN hasn't really changed, and they're not going to change. CNN is what they've always been, a liberal hack network. You know, they started out liberal under Ted Turner, and it's just gotten worse ever since. For the record, I have a a view of news in this country. I don't want conservative news. I don't want liberal news. I want the freaking news. I want the facts. I want factual reporting and journalism. I do want conservative news commentary and liberal commentary. I want clear lines between commentary and the news. The news should be factually based. Here are a set of circumstances that is the story. Here are the facts as we know them. Without any spin, without any snark, just the news. And I like reading commentary from the right and the left. And then here's what we liberals think about the news. Here's what conservatives think about the news. Here's what people that don't have an allegiance to either ideology think about the news. That is what reporting should be. Clearly defined as commentary. Not mixed in with the news. And if we did that, if we had that, I think the American people would actually benefit a great deal. And I think whichever outlet 
if there is a major national outlet that decides to return to that principle, I think they're going to be hugely successful. Well, what are you saying, James? No outlet is doing it. That's right. I'm saying no outlet does that right now. Not really. You get spin. You get spin wherever you look. I don't need somebody to spin for me. I'm I'm capable of making up my own mind. Just give me the real ins and outs of the story. For instance, like this COVID business. I want to continue to talk about it. Uh, again, hats off to Mike Mark Stein. Mark Stein's overseas the last two weeks. hasn't been on with us. Mark Stein is over there talking to people uh, who have suffered injury from COVID vaccinations. Now, is this a really large part of the COVID story? Don't know. Not a scientist, not a doctor. I don't know. But it is being completely ignored by the press in this country because they don't want anything but their narratives, which is vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. In this country, we have never seen a news story that goes through in detail where the money has ended up from all these vaccinations. Where is the money trail? Does some of that money trail end up in the in the pockets of government officials through royalties, for instance, on some of these drugs? When questioned about that by members of Congress, Dr. Fauci clammed up. Am I on the attack for Dr. Fauci? No. I know a lot of people can't stand him. I don't care about Fauci one way or the other. I care about the truth. And so far, he has not delivered the truth on the apps on the 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 NIH involvement in the Wuhan lab and where all this came from. We don't have a clear story yet on the WHO and where China was. We don't have a full story yet on the Chinese timeline when this this plague was released on the world. And now you have other media outlets. I have stories here from earlier in the week. We're not right now. They're trying to ramp it up all over again, including more calls for mask mandates indoors, et cetera, et cetera. But the American people have never been told the truth about this. There is no truth in this. There is no truth about what happened in American hospitals far too often. I've heard from medical professionals that people that walked in medical hospitals with other diseases were immediately branded as COVID. Why? Because there was a money trail behind that. There are payments being made to fight COVID, part of the money that the government was offering. And so if someone's saying, hey, we're going to give you money if if you have patients with COVID, guess what? Everybody comes in has COVID so you can make more money. I mean, there is so much to this. There are doctors all along who said that certain drugs work. As soon as Donald Trump mentioned the word hydroxychloroquine, there was a massive political effort underway in the press in the United States and the international press to discredit it. Yet, and there there was even a false study that claimed to show scientifically it didn't work. That had to be retracted. And yet, that false story made it through all these media outlets. We have doctors, frontline doctors that treat people. I was treated by one of them when I had COVID. Great doctor. 
One of these days, days I wish I could reveal her name. These doctors cannot tell the truth in public, in public forums, whether it's in social media or newspapers. In fact, in one case in Atlanta, a prominent doctor was targeted by one of the biggest publications in that town, a leftist publication, because they were following him online, and he was talking honestly about the research that was being done into the real statistics on what was going on, and he was exposing facts on this whole COVID thing that didn't fit the narrative. And so they tried to go after him. This is a man who had an unblemished medical career. They tried to mount a campaign to get his license taken away from him. And this is what they do if you tell the truth. This is not America, folks. This is what the Soviet Union used to be. This is what you had when you had Pravda, the state government public. You stay with the state line or else we're going to punish you. That is what is happening to our medical community. That is what is happening in our education community. I had a friend that told me recently, and and we'll go to a break after this. There's a story today about that uh, Pennsylvania uh, transgendered uh, swimming person. And again, I don't have anything against her. God bless her. Lead your life. But let's also be honest about things. And now uh, she is up, Leah, whatever her name is, is up for an award as Athlete of the Year. All these other girls on that, women, young women on that team in Pennsylvania, who work so hard for their careers, they have nothing to show for their work effort because this transgendered person came in and took all the spotlight. Well, today she's up for some NAA, whatever the award is, the NCAA all that crap. She's up for the award. <clears throat> now, here's a simple, here's something simple. A friend of mine who was a nurse actually said this to me. She said, 100 years from now, when we're all in the graves, well, those of us that didn't get cremated, I guess, when they look at your bones and that's all that's left, if they did DNA, what would they find? They're not going to say you're a transgender thing or that. They're going to say you're either a man or a woman based on your DNA. And that DNA of the swimmer, no matter what they do, you can have an adedictomy, you can have a chop a dick off me, you can have whatever you want. You can add some, some mammary glands, you can take off the mammary, whatever. At the end of the day, your DNA tells the truth. But yet in our society now, we are roiled up because the truth in so many places just cannot be told. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, it's Saturday morning. Again, if you want to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. And we are coming straight back right after this. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Ephraim Lewis. British artist, one album. 
I believe he was deceased after this album, but it's a brilliant album. This was the uh, the hit off that album, Drowning in Your Eyes. Will Downing does a cover of this that's outstanding, too. continue to talk about this business about truth where is the truth you know if you have a society that's built on lies it's based on lies it cannot end well in this country right now in the united states of america people are being punished for telling the truth about biology people are being punished for telling the truth about a pandemic. People are being punished for telling the truth about what medicines are effective against pandemic and which are not. There is a shutdown of discussion about that. On social media, if you dare talk about things like if the, the injuries that people are truly having after taking a vaccine, you are shut down because that truth is not allowed into the public square so that people can have an, make an informed decision about what they want to do. Before you label me an anti-vaxxer, forget about it. I'm vaccinated. Okay? So I'm not coming at this as an anti-vaxxer. Never have been. I want the truth. If these vaccinations, particularly, by the way, apparently there are a group of men that are athletes. And apparently what I am hearing, and I have yet to to get the numbers in front of me, so I'm saying this to you that this is what I am hearing from people in the medical community, but I have not seen the data. I have not analyzed the data myself. But what I am, as if I had the capacity to really do it and understand it, by the way, because I don't. I'm not a doctor. But people I trust in the medical community are telling me that among a group of of, of athletes between the ages of, let's say, uh, 13 and, and 35, the vaccination has had some serious consequences with some of them. That it has, I'm not going to go into the specifics of what it's done, but apparently... They have reportedly been a higher death rate among these very healthy athletes. That is that is not normal. If that is true, don't you think that people in this country and internationally should know about that? If if you do, why aren't we being told about it? Why aren't there newspaper? Articles about that. 
We are also being presented with a set of facts while this government and others still tell us that underage children, that children, young children, toddlers should be vaccinated. Now, I did read this myself. The death rate among those young children is below zero, statistically, below zero. So why in the world are you demanding that every toddler, every infant in the United States has a vaccination when there is zero statistically chance of them having a fatality if they don't take it? Why? Where is the money going? Who is paying for it? We do know that Moderna, for instance, and I don't mean to just single them out because Pfizer's in on it too, J&J, but we do know because we celebrated it here when word came out earlier this year that Moderna had elevated two of their people to the status of billionaires. Well, congratulations. I'm all for people making money. But how does the money flow here? The government's demanding you take this. Who's making the money? And does any of that money come back into the pockets of people that are advocating for everybody to take these vaccinations? All we want is the truth. All I want is the truth. Some people don't want the truth. In America, do you dare tell the truth about race? Do you dare open discussions about race and crime? Do you dare talk about this incredible murder rate that is in this country and connect race with it? Because race is part of the story every single weekend in America and every week in major cities in America. The number of black people killed is astounding. Whether it's filthy Del- I'm sorry, whether it's Philadelphia, Chicago, Detroit, Atlanta, L.A. The numbers come in every week, week after week after week. But yet you'll get this this press running around. Every time some white cop does something to a black person, whether it's justified or not, number one, if it's justified, it's hard to get the truth about that. But if it's not justified, well, then we have the biggest news story Surpassed only the next time a white cop does something. But white cops don't kill black people at the rate that black people are killing black people every single day in this country. It happens very rarely, in fact, compared to the other deaths. But you can't tell the truth about that because then people call you a racist. Or if you're a black guy and you tell the truth about it, they call you an Uncle Tom or whatever else. And I don't care, by the way, call me Uncle whatever because you can kiss my Sorry, don't be rude. I'm going to tell the truth about it. There's something wrong with black culture. You see it everywhere. You see it with that black girl that's supposedly running for office, and she thinks the best way to office is to put her naked ass up, upside down in the beach, and wiggle her ass. This is supposed to be what gets you into office. Look at my ass. Really? Is this what black culture has devolved to? Look at my naked ass and vote for me? Stupid. Every week you see the same thing. 
you see these same hoodlums and miscreants that are lifted up as being the leaders of a community. And the good, hardworking people who are teaching their children moral found, a good moral foundation, who are demanding excellence from their children, demanding that they be educated, demand that they even know how to speak the English language, for instance. These people are always talked down to or ignored. Who tells the truth about any of that? Because you're so afraid. Republicans dare not do it. They're, being, they're always afraid of being called racist, even though no matter what they do, they're going to be called racist anyway. You have these loudmouth Democrats for years that go out, say the most outrageous things. You have this professorette the other day. Gail, do you have that, that, that professorette with Josh Howley, uh, Professor Bridges? I've been playing this. I played it twice this week, and I'm going to play it again when we come back right after this. Radio 77, WABC. Oh, knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Diego. One of my favorite Toto's, Africa, of course. I mean, Toto had so many. Roseanne. And um, Hold the Line. Yeah. But this is beautiful, right? Wow. Hey, I just have word. One of my buds is on the line. He's a fellow radio guy. You know him. If you listen to the Rush Limbaugh show, you know who he is. Ken Matthews, because Ken uh, was one of our main go-tos, guest host for the Rush Limbaugh show. Hey, Ken, what's going on, man? Hey, it is great to hear from you this morning. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, so listen, Ken, I've been talking about the truth all morning. There's an absence of truth. Right now, uh, and what sparked yes. all of this was Don Lemon once again claiming that Republicans are so awful. There's no uh, equivalence between Republicans and Democrats, and therefore it's their job to skunk Republicans because Republicans are doing something dangerous to society, which he never outlines what the danger is. But this leads to to a broader discussion of truth. There is an absence of truth almost everywhere. If you look at the COVID reporting, we have never had true reporting on the nature of what caused COVID. There was uh, a shutdown campaign if people, for instance, surrounding hydroxychloroquine and some of the other drugs, if doctors had a different point of view of what was going on in the hospitals, they were shut down on social media, never made it into the press. It goes into the culture. If you dare talk about what is happening inside Black communities around the country with regard to criminality, with regard to uh, um, uh, these these shootings every single day of the week, mm-hmm. you're shut down or called a racist. If you go to politics, there's so many things that you can't discuss honestly. 
We can't discuss gender honestly anymore in truthful terms. Otherwise, you're a transphobic. In fact, Ken, I want to get your opinion. Did you did you see that uh, professorette from Berkeley Law School that was with uh, that testified? Yeah. John, yeah. Let me play that for the audience, and then I want to get your opinion of it. Uh, uh, Diego, hit the one with Josh Hawley and, and, and Senator Hawley and uh, Professorette Bridges from Berkeley. Mr. Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's, uh, it's We can it's recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing uh, them. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? Because so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm is denying that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that there, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so you are denying that trans people exist? And that leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, 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 they're, they're told that to they're at opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot I just know. from this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Yep. <laughs> wow. Uh, Ken, do, do you believe that men can get pregnant, Ken? Ken? Ken Matthews, do you believe that they get pregnant? Ken? Well, let me let me just say that that was one of the best Saturday Night Live sketches I've heard in years. Yes, but sadly, it was not Saturday Night yeah. Live. Sadly, well, first, it was on the me, Senate floor. Ken, well, but you're not disclosure. answering. But but you're not answering the question. Do you believe Ken? <laughs> did me can, can get pregnant, Ken? Um, hold on a second. Not oh. not. I just looked. No. No. Okay. Well, and full that, disclosure, uh, full disclosure, I am a bi biological heterosexual white male, so I just triggered like eight people. But that, <laughs> it, you know, it, it is a shame. It, it's a shame where we're going. And your talk of truth is so accurate. Every every topic you mentioned has been based on a foundation of fallacy, and and this just it permeates everything. They start out with the fallacy, but you know whether it's a climate crisis, whether it's a, a scandemic. No matter what it is. And then they just build on it because they know nobody in the news media is going to have the guts, except in radio. No one's going to have the guts to call them out on it. And you, you were mentioning Don Lemon. Does Don Lemon still work there? Yeah, he's still with CNN. Oh, okay. I, thought I mean, why, I don't know. Because supposedly this is the latest new incarnation of CNN where they're supposed to be just going back to journalism. And never mind trying to be political warriors for the Democrat Party. But this is the same think, old scene. Go ahead. Do you think they're going to bring back the Cuomo comedy team because it was dynamic? No. I. By the way, Chris Cuomo apparently is up is talking to somebody else about a job. I read it. To, I forgot the news organization. But he's talking with oh, some I other news organization about a job again. 
I know. I saw him walking. He had a giant uh, nose swab. Hmm. It's amazing what's going on with all this stuff. Ken, what do you make? Where do you think we're headed? Where do you think this country's headed? Wow, that's a that's a big question. I think we're closer we're closer now to communist China than we ever have been. And I think that has a lot to do with the behavior of the Biden regime. But I do think we're we're heading to and and I pray it is not violent. I don't think it'll be violent. I think it'll be chaotic. I think we're going to have a breakdown of politics probably before 2022. I think there's going to be a lot of dysfunction in the midterms because there's a lot of people that are just unclear on on who's lying to us. Is it the Republicans? Is it the Democrats? Is it the news media? And I think there's going to be a breakdown in the media. I think I think there have been some good things that have come from this over the last couple of years. I think we've learned not to worship the medical community. And we've Mm. learned and we've learned not to trust the news media. I mean, there was a time when you would you would trust your doctor instinctively. And now for the first time in many years, millions of people are are taking a step back and they're saying, you know, maybe the doctor that told me to do this, maybe the doctor that told my pregnant daughter to get the vaccine when she was totally healthy, maybe we should second guess them. So I think you're going to see a huge, huge sea change in the medical community, in the pharmaceutical community. And, well, I was going to say that the ratings on CNN would go down, but I don't think they could go any lower. But you're going to see some other I think you're going to see some shifts in, in uh, media, too. People are, are shifting sources. Now, one of the things, Ken, that I said, and I really mean this, I don't, want, I, I, don't want to, I don't want conservative news. I don't want liberal news. I don't want moderate news. I want the freaking news. The news should just be tell me the, the relevant facts of a particular story. It used to be defined as the, the, the five W's, when, where, when, what, why, all that stuff, if I did it all right. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, when, where, when, what, why? Okay, tell me that, and then, well, the, and then, and then I, here's what I do want: I want liberal commentary, I want conservative commentary, I want commentary from people that are not aligned, but I want that clearly defined and in its lane as commentary, and don't mix it in with the news. Don't give me snark. Don't give me a lot of that stuff. Just give me news. And I'm talking about more television than anything else. I would love to see television journalism return to that. Well, the days of, you know, and and I'd said this before, the days of there was a time when if Mike Wallace knocked on your door, and he was a journalist, if Mike knocked on your door, it was like, uh uh-oh, the truth seekers are here. In other words, that we don't have that the, – the news media, because it's lost so much credibility, there's a whole section of the news media they can be counted on to continue a narrative. And once that narrative gets in there, you know how it works. Once that narrative gets in there, James, it's – you know, it's people fit – they fit their commentary around the narrative, whether it's, you know, a particular uh, – Trump is bad, or just look at the garbage that came out of that professor's mouth about men being pregnant. And then she immediately went into the talking point of accusing Senator Josh Hawley, which, by the way, for the record, Senator Josh Hawley is a truth ninja. 
that guy is he lives the truth. Can you imagine if we had an entire Senate that honest? Wow. Yeah, that would be fun. I mean, think about that. But every senator, every for every Rand Paul or for every Josh Hawley, there's like seven or eight, you know, Mitt Romney's and Mitt and, Romney's. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That that will that will negate it. And that's why we can't we're, we can't get to the truth anywhere. We're trying to get to the truth on January 6th. We're trying to get to the truth on the vaccine. Now we're bringing back masks. There's 52 studies that say masks do more, more harm than good. But because the narrative has infected these news organizations, no one's going to talk about that. But I, you and I, we've been on the same page with this forever. Talk about the truth. And, you know, our, our friend Mark Stein is overseas right now, and Mark is doing something remarkable. Mark is actually standing up and bringing people to to tell their stories about how the vaccine has affected them, in some cases, uh, with loss of life in their families. And you know, this I, is a career risk for someone like Mark. You know, yes, it he, is. Could, he could, he could and, and he's taking that risk, and he's actually bringing, and this is internationally, he's out there right now telling the truth about a part of the story that the rest of the press will not cover. And you are, and, and he is dead on. It's so interesting that you mentioned that because I started watching him recently when he made that move. And he's on this British TV thing that he's doing. And um, he just did a story on a 32-year-old comedian who went into the hospital. Uh, and this was on Mark Stein's show. In fact, he was going to contact the comedian and interview him, but the comedian died before he can interview him. He went in the hospital. He had two, two uh, COVID vaccines. He was in the hospital. He went on TikTok and, and whatever, YouTube, and said, look, I'm not getting another shot. Uh, I, I don't feel good about this anymore. And before Mark Stein could get him on his show, he passed away that weekend. So, yeah, Mark is he, he is at the tip of the spear in exposing what has now become a global effort to pull the wool over people's eyes. I'm so glad you brought Mark up, though, because I, I do miss him. And he was he was a, a, a legendary uh, guest host, as you know, probably the longest. Wasn't he the longest? So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he was the longest running guest host that we had. And so time is up with us, Tim. But I want you to, before we do that, it would be, I bet a lot of people that listen to Rush, listening right now, want to know from you, you know, you did the last Open Line Friday ever. You hosted it. Um, the last, I think, didn't you do the very last guest host yes. show for us? Yes. You did. I did the last, yeah, the last two, and the one was the Open Line Friday, which is very emotional. Wow. What are your, you, you sat in for us, and, and of course you did, you wrapped up the show. You were the last guest host we used on the show. Every day I wonder, wow, what would Rush think about this? What would Rush think about that? Do you? You know, it's interesting. I, I often refer to him uh, in my own endeavors. And it is a, it, the one thing I like, well, there's more than one, but the thing about Rush that always stands out is he, he was a gentleman. So everything that's going on right now, uh, as emotional as it can get, I definitely learned from Rush. You can be a gentleman. You can be funny, but be professional. Be a gentleman because at the end of the day, your facts get through better 
that way than uh, standing out in front of uh, a you know Supreme Court justice house with a g-string on and a silly sign. Ken Matthews, thanks for joining us, my friend. We'll catch up with you soon, I hope. Ken Matthews, <laughs> you. by the way, this guy, this guy owns Pennsylvania in terms of radio, folks. That's Ken Matthews, guest host for Rush Limbaugh, a dear friend of mine, uh, this morning here on uh, the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. We're coming back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Oh, this Jocko. This is the Pat Metheny group. This is a tribute song for the greatest bassist in the world, Jocko Pistorius. And the song is called Jocko. This is the song that actually introduced me to the Pat Metheny group. And Pat Metheny, oh my goodness. But this was like one of my favorite Saturday groove. I used to put on this album every Saturday morning and just groove, so I'm glad you're playing it, Diego. Here we are in WABC for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. That's the beautiful sound of Pat Metheny Group. We're going to head to the telephones. We've got, here's what I have, folks. I have collected so many stories here. It's a huge stack of stories that I was unable to get through to the week. We don't even have time to do them all today, but I'm going to go through headlines. And if you happen to be like one of these people that loves astronomy and all the rest of it, if you've seen these new pictures from the James Webb Telescope, OMG. Gee, they they are stunning. This is an example of where, you know, NASA has had some problems, as we all know. But when NASA does things right, there is no better agency in the world when NASA gets it right. These James Webb telescope pictures are astounding. Astounding. And if you have seen them and you'd like to comment on what NASA is doing with that stuff, you're certainly welcome to do so. Of course, I can't describe what the images are. If you haven't seen them, you may want to go to NASA.gov and check out these. And by the way, you know, where you can use NASA photographs, it's, it's you paid for them. This is your property. So if you like for desktop stuff or whatever, you can use these NASA photographs. They're yours, and it's just awesome. Let us start on the telephones with Jack in Yonkers, New York. Jack, welcome. You're on Bo Snurdly Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. How are you, Jack? Good morning, Bo Snurdly. It's a pleasure. This is only the second time since you since Rush passed away I've been able to speak to you, and I want to congratulate you on a great, great show. Um, Thank you. I'm in a, I, I was in the medical profession for 30 years in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I won't get into specific hospitals I worked for, but when they came out with this phony vaccination, I decided I wasn't going to take it. Four very close friends of mine and myself lost their jobs working for a major medical institution in Boston. We have a class action lawsuit against two, uh, two institutions in Boston. James, 
I am so I am so disgusted, so sick over the vile, disgusting lies that the media propagates every single day of the week. And I urge people like you, well-known people like you and Hannity and Tucker, to come out together and form a group to march around the country to expose specifically the media people who are exposing these lies, not just about this phony vaccination, but about what's going on with the world, with Russia, with China, with everything going on with this administration, because every word out of this phony, vile, disgusting media that supports Biden Every word, every other word is a lie. They don't expose this administration. And I don't know how you feel, but as an American, I feel so, so robbed every day. Like like your guest just said, Ken Matthews, who I listen to all the time when he took over for Rush, they, uh, they, they just lie every single day. I want you to expose specifically people that you've known in the media over the years that you know are lying. My my question, James, would be, have you ever called them and said to them off the air, what are you doing? Why are you saying this? You know it's a lie. Why are you doing this? No, because it won't. No. Number one, I don't know them. Number two, they wouldn't take my call. Number three, I don't think that that's productive, me calling them out in person like that. Here's what I think. But by the way, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I understand your anger. Look, I grew up reading the New York Times, uh, the the later on the Washington Post, and all of these publications. And back then, I wasn't skeptical. I learned to be skeptical of what I was reading. Now I look at these outlets and I read and, and I look at what's going on on television and news, and there is no truth. And almost every single thing, this is what I spent the first monologue of the show talking about today, there's no truth. You can look at all the conversations we as Americans are having, whether it's about gender, whether it's about race relations and crime, whether it's about these shootings that are going on all over the country, whether no one has still yet unraveled for us, by the way, why this profile exists of these young men who go in and terrorize schools and shoot kids dead. No one has ever made a correlation, and people are asking, are these, is there a commonality somewhere? Are these kids the ones that are put on these drugs early on to stop them from behaving like boys, stop being active? Are these kids watching violent video games and become desensitized? Things like that. You can go through almost every aspect of every story. You can go through cryptocurrency and the new economy and see that there is a spin that they're putting on that. Almost every single thing that you go into. There is a media spin, and the spin is not geared for the truth. Now, they can dig out every single fact that they want to on on the, the princess and Prince Harry and his wife. You can learn every detail down to what underwear they're wearing. But these same people will not take us through the truth of where this vaccine originated, whether it was on purpose or not. These same people demand no accountability from government officials on the status of illegal immigrants. This illegal immigrant that raped the 10-year-old girl, for instance. How many other illegal immigrants in this country are committing crimes? They won't tell you that. Because they don't want that narrative to come out. You can look at everything, every single thing that this news reports, whether it's the economy, 
whether it's whatever's happening in whatever social vertical there is. And what you will find is there's an absence of the truth. Now, do I think that it is it is helpful to talk to individual reporters? No, these reporters are working for a network in many cases. What I would like to have is the presidents of these networks put on and having to testify as to why their news is so biased. And by the way, they're private companies, many of them, or publicly held companies. They have the right to run their shops the way they want to run their shops. What we need is a competitor that actually, on the scale of these companies, on the scale of these television networks, that actually tells the truth and does have the resources. Investigative reporting is expensive. It demands resources. It's not going to happen for free. And those are resources that many people don't want to put into it. But if we are ever going to get back to having a true journalistic community in the United States of America, because the state of American journalism right now is horrible. If you had to rate it on a scale of A to F, American journalism gets an F, and it's not even close. Thank you for the call. Well, we're about wrapped up on our first hour here. Amazing how quickly that goes by. If you're on hold, stay on hold. You will (laughs) be part of the program today. We are coming back for hours duo and trio. And later on, Princess Di joins us. Can't wait for that. James Golden, it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. Glad you're with us. Have a cup of coffee. Relax. Chill. Let's have some conversation, good times, and some music all ahead. We'll be right back. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. If you want to be on the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. We have so much more to discuss. Love to hear what you have to say, especially about this. Uh, There's a story, this was in the Daily Mail, I think, uh, Pizza Night. Canceled. Families cut back on essentials and luxuries as inflation soars. Now, this story, and this story, I think, is about 14, 15 pages of stuff, of of materials. And they look at people all over the country. Families that are now cutting back. They had pizza night for the family. Nope, can't afford that anymore. This 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 story says that a lot of people are leaving their SUVs idle. They're not using their SUVs as much because of the gas. Some two-car families are now one-car families because they can't afford to keep two cars running. Vacations, sporting vacation trips have come to an end. For people with incomes of fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars, they just can't do it. Groceries up from a hundred dollars a week, in some cases now one hundred and seventy a week. 
people are driving 60 miles, 70 miles to get to the Lotus, the biggest, the big box stores like, like Costco, I guess, or BJ's, rather than go to their local supermarkets because they need the savings. And there, these are a lot of anecdotal stories, but what I want to know from you, how are you dealing with inflation? Are you one of these people? Are you going on vacation? Is your life normal? What's going on? See, I think most people, no matter what happens, still try to have as normal life as possible. Because these are big changes. But if you've got a few kids around the house, especially if they're ingrates, and they, more, 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 you know, um, if you've got a few kids around the house and, and, and you're struggling to, to make ends meet, I know I have friends that are struggling to, to make ends meet. It's hard. Filling up a gas tank. And so what do you cut back? Are you going to, finally COVID is over, and the year that COVID, well, it's not over, because now we've got reports of this new variant, and the news media is trying to hype everybody up to get back in the mask and stuff. But we are not where we were two years ago with COVID, I should say that. And so now people are ready to get out and about again. People do want to travel again. Well, are you going to be able to do it? Do you do it? Are you cutting back? Or is 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 this economy something that affects your neighbors but not you? I'm okay, my life is okay as it was, but boy, some of my neighbors are hurting. Is that where we're at? Just axing. Yes, I said axing. Um, (laughs) I told you I had a, a, a stack of stories, and I do. There is something going on in San Francisco that is fascinating. Now, San Francisco of all places, got so fed up with their Soros district attorney, Chase Boudin, Boudin, that they threw him out, recall, right? And so now they have a young district attorney. Her name is Brooke Jenkins. She is what liberals would call a person of color. I don't know whether she's a black American, whether she's mixed race, whether she is of Asian and and something. I don't know. She's but she's a okay. How do I say this without sounding like a sexist? She she's clearly a very beautiful woman. She is fine, but she means business. Apparently, she came in and she said, "Okay, look." She gave an interview to the local TV station over there. We're going to get serious about fighting crime again. We're going to do all of this. So she met with the district attorney staff. You know what somebody did? This is the district attorney staff. These are the people who are supposed to uphold the law. She had a meeting with senior staff. Guess what? Somebody illegally taped them. Somebody in the district attorney's office illegally recorded the meeting. This is like, these liberals, they have no, they have actually no regard for the law when when they put their ideology above. They don't care. 
It's the politics above the law all the time. Well, and then they let it be known, some of them. Here's what the news story says. This is from the San Francisco Gate. New San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins is speaking out after someone recorded her first meeting with senior staffers last Friday without her permission. Gate first reported on what was said in that meeting, which was described as icy by attendees. On Wednesday, the San Francisco Examiner published a story with direct quotes Jenkins used in the meeting thanks to a recording of the meeting obtained by the Examiner. Under California law, generally illegal to record a private conversation unless all parties agree. This is happening inside the new DA's office. They're recording her illegally. Well, today the firings have started, or yesterday. And apparently, from what I understand, a lot of people are being let go. I think we're going to get the full rundown on that on uh, early next week, or maybe it'll break over the weekend. But Miss Brooke Jenkins, apparently, she's not a soft touch. Apparently... She is coming in like a lion. So let us see whether this marks a signal in this this Soros DA campaign that has America in turmoil with the election of these people. She, this Chase guy, he was he was the Alvin Bragg of San Francisco. The other one, Gasson in Los An- in, in L.A., they're trying to get rid of him, too. Just like we should be trying to get rid of Alvin Bragg. These people have disrupted this country everywhere they are. Now, here's another example. This is a story that normally wouldn't make the cut. But I, I'm raising this because I want you to, because this proves a point. This story came from Fox News earlier in the week, and I bet you, I bet you you haven't really seen it reported on on TV or anywhere else. Liberal group lands $171 million government contract that could reach $1 billion to help illegal immigrants avoid deportation. The VERA, Institute of Justice, secured the contract amid escalating border crisis, a left-wing nonprofit working to end mass incarceration, whatever the hell that means, landed a $171 million taxpaying-funded government contract that could potentially hit $1 billion to help illegals stay in the country. This is what the Biden administration is doing with your money. They're giving it to their liberal friends, hey, here's $171 billion. Why don't you help the people that broke the law, help them stay here? Oh, and by the way, this could go up to a billion dollars. Now, this happens, and have you heard one Republican, have you heard any Republican leader denounce this and say this is incredibly wrong? This is business as usual when Democrats are in office, is my point. They hand out 
your money like it's water to their liberal groups. And you wonder why we get our butts kicked, meaning conservatives, all throughout the public square when it comes to policy? The liberals fund their ideology. They're using government resources to fund their nonprofit groups that in turn work against you and your interests and work against conservative groups. And Republicans, eh, they don't say a word about it. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, here's a story from the other day. Rage Against the Machine, that group, says abort the Supreme Court. They will, They did some performance somewhere. And he's a typical leftist. Listen to this, 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 listen to this, listen to this. <laughs> yeah, you can like people's music, but then when they speak sometimes, it's like, just please, just please sing it. Sing and shut up about the politics. Listen to this. <clears throat> this happened while they were in Wisconsin, the Alpine Valley Music Theater. This is what. Zach De La Rocha from Rage Against the Machine says, forced birth in a country that is the only wealthy country in the world without any guaranteed paid parental leave at the national level. That's a caption that they had on stage. Another forced birth in a country where black birth givers experience Maternal mortality two to three times higher than that of white birth givers. (laughs) Forced birth in a country where gun violence is the number one cause of death among children and teenagers. Another caption read, wrong, rage in the machine, wrong. The number one cause of death of children is abortion in the womb. You're advocating for that. But, of course, your little minds can't comprehend that. Little minds and big concepts sometimes don't mix. And then they had abort the Supreme Court. Well, isn't that very clever? Abort the Supreme Court. Ooh, ooh, we made a statement. Abort the Supreme Court. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Men can't get pregnant. <laughs> you see? You see? Men can't get pregnant. <laughs> you see? You can't solve it. This is what the left has turned into. Okay, the World Health Organization. Right on cue. The World Health Organization now says gender exists on a continuum and is, quote, unquote, beyond non-binary. Do you understand that? Let me repeat one more time. The World Health Organization now says that gender exists on a continuum and is beyond non-binary. So there. Now you know the truth about gender. It exists on a continuum, and it is beyond non-binary. Aren't you glad you're smart like the people at the WHO now? That's what they, do you want me to really explain what this means? No, 
because even if I explained it, it would make as much sense as that headline does, which is absolutely none. Oh, John Cornyn. I'm just going through these headlines randomly. We can do this. John Cornyn is saying no more gun control talks. Thanks, John. California is enacting new gun control legislation, sweeping new laws. They're trying to pick another fight. I say with the Supreme Court, go ahead. Let it end up at the Supreme Court. Let's keep going back. You liberals, they're doing this in New York, too. They're stamping their feet, having a temper tantrum because people have to respect the Second Amendment now, according to the Supreme Court. So now liberals having another temper tantrum. <laughs> we don't like that. We're going to come up with even more laws. We're going to circumvent the Supreme Court. Go right ahead. It's going to end up at the same Supreme Court. Let's see what your chances are then. Keep going, libs. Keep going. Keep bringing these cases to the court, and you're going to do more harm to your cause than good. Instead of just implementing what the Supreme Court said. Keep going. Eventually, you're going to make it worse for yourself. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We have plenty of phone calls. We're going to be getting to your phone calls real soon. I want to run through a few more news stories, and we're going to take your calls. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Bob Seger brings us back. Wow, I love this song. Against the Wind. Seems like yesterday. But it was long ago. Jane, it was lovely. She was a queen of my night. There in the darkness with the radio. Playing low end. And the secrets that we shared. Welcome to your Saturday morning. Hope you're having a great cup of coffee or tea. And enjoy your weekend all weekend long. Remember Cousin Brucie tonight, music radio. And that music radio is all weekend long. Dina Martin. Piscopo with Sinatra. Let's head back to the telephones. Marie in Belmont, New York. Thanks for waiting. Welcome to our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Marie? I'm fine, Bo. Good morning. I just called. You're talking about um, economics. A friend of mine just had to sign a contract for her fuel oil for this coming year at $6 a gallon. Her Her course per month is going to be $700. She has medical problems. She's a senior citizen, and she's wondering how she's going to pay for all of this. Wow. How is this inflation affecting you, Marie, or is it? Well, the same way, because I'm waiting for my contract to come due, which oh. will be in, in October, and I have to cut courses right now to make sure that I can pay to keep my house warm instead of burning my furniture. Oh, my gosh. 
Wasn't like this just two years ago, three years ago. Oil prices were under control. And yet these people, with all this hate Trump rhetoric, all of them right now, not one of them is stepping up to the plate saying, uh, this is how we need to read, except Joe Biden's over with the Saudis begging for oil. So maybe if he's successful, maybe next year or the year after, oil prices might go down just a little bit, Marie. I know that's no comfort. But this is just, this is just, I don't know. Are you confident that you will be able to make it through if you cut costs? Oh, yes. Yes, if I cut costs very, very sharply, yes, I can. I'll keep my house going, and I'll keep myself going. But can I just add that I love your choice of music, and I love your show. Marie, thank you so much, darling. Well, you keep us posted. You run into any problems, you call us here, okay? All right, fine. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marie. Let's go to South Carolina and John. John, welcome. How are you? You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. We stream worldwide. John, what's on your mind this morning? Good morning, Bo. You are my new morning habit. I'm having we got a half a cup of coffee left here. Your, your, your intellect is amazing, and the, the work that you do with Rush Limbaugh will never be forgotten. Rest his soul and his Amen. wife's healing. Uh, you had mentioned about the, uh, you know, the uh, executives and everything, and the uh, how we can't really stop them because they're private entities and you know the fake news and all that. But there is one thing that we should have some control over, and I just can't believe that we don't. And that's the money that my taxes go to to prop up NPR. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and why can't we do something about that? It's been it's for years. Forever. We could. And, we could. If we had the political will, if if the Republican Party had the political will and guts to actually take on NPR and say, guess what? No more. You've had a nice run. New management, new sheriffs in town, everybody here out. We're not funding this anymore. We've, or we're going to fund it, but we're going to make some changes. My view is that the government shouldn't be funding NPR at all. And let them just compete in the marketplace. If they make it, fine. If they don't make it, fine. Yes, uh, your intellect is a lot heavier than mine on that. But uh, I just something that always pops up in my head. Why? Well, I mean, exactly. I don't listen to it anymore. There was a time when I I had to because I couldn't get anything else, and I was disgusted with it. And I, I just rather had listened to nothing than that. Well, I'll tell you anyway, what. Anyway, Bo, thank you so much. Thank you. And you let all your friends know that WABC in New York, if they want a really good conservative roster, not just conservative, we do have, we got Rudy Giuliani here. We have so many. Greg Kelly's here. John Katsimatidis here, Cats at Night. And then we have music shows and fun. We stream worldwide. Tell your buds about us. We, we, oh, yeah. We, I'm originally from New Jersey, but uh, I, I've always followed WABC. And all right. And now you're the, you're the crown jewel, so enjoy your day. <laughs> Thank you, John. Appreciate it so much. Appreciate that. Let's go to Clarence in Brooklyn, New York. Clarence, welcome. You're on both Snurly Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Clarence? Happy birthday to you. Hi, Mr. Golden. Hey there. Uh, yeah, this is Clarence. I'm currently in Queens, and I just wanted to say that the, tr- the truth is there's nothing wrong with black culture. You represent black culture. Clarence Thomas represents black culture. Uh, there are numerous 
black people who are hardworking, and it's like that's the majority of black people. What the problem is is the narrative that's being pushed and the constant spinning of statistics to try to prove this point, that point, and there still seems to be an underlying um, current that may be social fossilization that's trying to make black people look bad. Clarence, thank you. Let me say something. You're brilliant, and I appreciate you. Let me just, you, you caused me to amend, revise and amend my statement. Um, yes, it's true. There are segments of black culture that have problems. Clarence, we can no longer as a society tolerate. Number one, <clears throat> let me go back to something that Walter Williams and, and, and uh, Thomas Sowell used to talk about. Even in the depths of segregation in this country, when the Democrats had fully implemented their Jim Crow law, because, yes, it was the Democrats were responsible for Jim, Jim Crow. Yes, they were. And one of the things that I will continue to say is when Roe v. Wade fell and you saw all these Democrats that were upset, this country hasn't seen Democrats so angry since a Republican president told them that they couldn't have slaves anymore. But that said... These Democrats in these cities that have run these cities along with their Democrat honchos for the past 200 years, in some cases, once in a while a Republican gets in, but for the most part they're Democrat institutions. I believe in systemic racism and structural racism. And all you have to do is look in every blue city in America and you'll find it. You'll find failing schools. Who goes to the failing? That's where they ship the blacks and Hispanics off to. The Hispanics that this week, the first lady of the United States called a bunch of tacos. You people are a breakfast. Oh, you didn't hear that? Oh, Diego, my man. Oh, you got to hear this. We have it. Look in the sound bites for Jill Biden and her remarks. Oh, my goodness. Let me know when you've got it. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the Blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio... So, Diego, you and fellow Hispanics, you all are as distinct as the Bogodas in the Bronx. Well, hey, can, can we can we go to a Bogoda later today? Maybe say, hey, <laughs> let's go find whether the Bogodas have something on sale. And you're also, Diego, you, Diego, my man, you are as distinct as a breakfast taco. My name is Jennifer Lopez. I eat tacos y burritos. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> These are the people you want to look for structural racism in the United States. These are the people responsible for it. They segregate people. They have been using Hispanic people the same way they use black people, right? Ask yourself this. Every one of my my beautiful Spanish, Hispanic, whatever we call it, because now it's Latinx. I don't understand that whole thing, but whatever. Anyway, my Latinx friends, 
How come we still don't have DACA passed? Do you remember all that hell they gave to Trump? How come you're not doing anything on DACA? How come you're not doing anything on DACA? That's the dreamers. The Democrats have been, they have the whole government. They have the House. They have the Senate. They have the White House. They could have done DACA the first day. They could have put a permanent rule in place that would have said, okay, dreamers, here's the deal. It's all good. They could have done it the first day. They haven't done it. They're not even talking about it. Because they just want it so that they can inflame Hispanic people around election times or when Republicans are in office. So they can say, see, these Republicans are racist. They don't like DACA. They don't like DACA. They won't do DACA. How come y'all won't do it? It's the same way they use black people. They use black people all the time. Because they think black people are stupid, right? They use black people all the time. For instance, voter ID. They're going on and on. They're doing it now. Republicans are racist. They want to stop people from voting. They demand voter ID. They've been doing this voter ID crap for 30 years now. Well, no, 20 years. In 20 years, you mean to tell me that the Democrats couldn't find the black people that didn't have an ID and get them an ID? Is that what you're telling me? That for 20 years, people didn't have ID And instead of getting them an ID, you sit around and complain that they don't have an ID, and therefore it's racist to demand that people show up to vote with an ID. Oh, by the way, you got to show up with an ID to collect your welfare benefits. By the way, you have to show up with an ID if you want to buy cigarettes. Oh, by the way, you got to show up with an ID if you want to get on an airplane. Oh, by the way, you got to show an ID if you want to get in certain movie theaters and they think that you're too young. Oh, by the way, you have to show an ID sometimes when you go to the doctor's office. Let's see your driver's license. Let's see an ID. Let's make sure you're legit. Let's make sure you're going to pay your bills. Nobody complains that that's racist. But, oh, if you're going to vote, oh, no, no, we can't have that. They use people. They use Hispanic people. They use black people. They're just political pawns. Meanwhile, what are the schools like in your neighborhood? Oh, they're still crummy. Well, that must be the Republicans' fault. But wait a minute. Republicans aren't in the neighborhood. How can it be Republicans' fault when all we run the neighborhood? Why are the schools crummy that black people and Hispanic people are shipped into? It's the Republicans' fault. But Republicans aren't here. No, no, no. They won't give us enough money. But you run the government. It's all a game. And my fellow Americans, in this game, we know who the pawns are. Snurdly, Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza, coming back after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Stevie brings us back. No New Year's Day to celebrate. No chocolate cup. First 
WABC Talk Radio. What July? You know, one day we're going to do cover songs. Yeah, Herbie Hancock has a cover of this that is, whoa, amazing. So, you, you know, so many, there are so many great cover songs. So one day, let's do this. We'll, we'll plot it out. We'll just plot out some music, get the cover songs, and we'll play the original and the cover song. WABC Talk Radio 77. It is James Golden. It's your Saturday morning radio extravaganza here. Uh, let me just prove a point real quick, and we can head back to the phones. I just talked about, right, how the Democrats have been systemically in charge of these things, these city things. Here's something from a Democrat news source, from a liberal news source, NPR, right? We just heard the guy talk about NPR. We need to get rid of it. Okay. Here's what the headline said. This was a story that was released this week. The U.S. student population is more diverse, but schools are still highly segregated. That's the headline. We have a more diverse student population, but guess what? Schools are still segregated. Now, you go down in the news story, it says segregation has historically been associated with the Jim Crow laws of the South. Um, I would amend that. I would say that segregation has historically been associated with the Jim Crow laws of Democrats. But the report finds that in 2020 and 2021 school year, the highest percentage of schools serving a predominantly single race, ethnic student population, whether mostly white, mostly Hispanic, mostly black, were in the North, East, and Midwest. North, East, and Midwest. Now, the Midwest, guess what? Might be a little bit explainable because of the population in the Midwest. I mean, Midwest is kind of like Vermont. When it comes to black folks, right? In some places, right? Okay. But let's talk about the Northeast. The Northeast is the most diverse place in the United States of America. The Northeast Corridor, followed by SoCal, followed by Southern California, etc. And why is it? How many decades are we away from the 1960s when all this stuff was supposed to be ended? And here we have New York schools still, still segregated. Well, I'll tell you why they're segregated. Because you have Democrats. Remember old Joe Biden and when Joe Biden said he didn't want his kids going to them jungle schools? I don't want my kids going to no jungle schools with them jungle people. Oh, 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 you think I'm, go look. 
Go look and find what Joe, what your guy Joe Biden had to say about the jungle schools. Oh, by the way, Biden this week was out talking again about how reminiscing of the good times he had going to lunch with his segregationist friends in the Senate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here's old NPR. Here's old NPR. We got more diverse student population than ever, but guess what? Schools are still segregated. That means that Joe Biden don't want to send his grandchildren to them jungle schools either. Don't want his grandchildren messing around with them jungle people either. Wonder what old Kamala Harris has to say about Oh, but let's not forget Kamala. I mean, Kamala Harris got an interesting past there. Nobody talk about that too much either. You know, Kamala's past. Past. Did you know? Hey, Diego, did you know this? Did you know that Kamala Harris history goes way back to the slave times in the Caribbean where she was? Do you know that? You didn't know that? No, I did not. Did you know, Diego, that Kamala Harris... Her ancestors were slave owners. Did you know that? That is a surprise to me. Oh, it's a surprise to you. (laughs) Well, that's a surprise to a whole lot of people. Here we are in segregated USA, where the schools are still segregated in the Northeast. That means they're lumping all them black cheering together. All them Hispanic cheering together. Look here. Look here, y'all. Now, we might like to look at some of y'all on TV selling toothpaste, chewing gum. But that don't mean we want you in our schools. I mean, yeah, we elected that Barack fella. I mean, but who the hell was he running against? John McCain? Besides, after we voted for that Barack fella, we had immunity. Because y'all couldn't call us racist no more. And to be the truth about it, Barack think more like us than he think like you anyway. But that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Now, here we are. In America in 2022. Democrats been saying forever that we got to stop this segregation stuff. We got to just stop it. Even though it was a Democrat that proudly stood up on the steps there in Alabama and said segregation now. Segregation today. Segregation tomorrow. Segregation forever. That'd be Democrat George Wallace. I wonder was he one of them Democrats that Joe Biden used to like going to lunch with. I'm not sure. Anyway, here we are, and our schools are still segregated, meaning we don't want you people mixing, okay? We got to keep the worlds apart. Now, y'all people, y'all can have your little neighborhoods. Y'all can have your little Topps grocery stores. Y'all can have, you know, things. You can have your little rappers running around. Shooting up everybody when they ain't making music. You can have all that. It's okay with us. And, you know, y'all can also have 
you know, your little movement. You want your little billion-dollar activist movement, Black Lives Matter. Come on, we, we, we even get some corporations to throw some money in that for you. How that? We'll make it nice. We'll make it seem like we care. But at the end of the day, we are liberals. And we ain't going to have you folks competing with us. We ain't going to have you people competing with our cheering. Y'all listen. Y'all keep staying in them segregated schools. You're just, what we're going to do, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna teach you a whole bunch of stuff about gender that don't mean nothing. Mix your head all up. That's what we're going to do. The Chinese, see, them smart people, they're going to they be running around learning calculus and algebra, geometry, and y'all going to be learning that a man ain't a man and a woman ain't a woman. That's what we're going to do. And then we're going to make sure that we have enough things to keep you entertained. Games where you kill each other, the music you listen to, you're killing each other off and all that stuff. And that's how we're going to get a new society that's still segregated but unequal. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Chicago brings us back. I think this is from the Chicago 5 album. Saturday in the park. Actually, it was the 16th. Fred, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Hi, Wilfred. Good morning. What's on hey, your mind today? To... Okay. I got a few things, but I called you about a month or two ago. I told you about when people call you a racist. You got to start fighting back. You got to just say, hey, I'm an American. What are you? Well, you know, something like that. And then make put them on the defense, you know. And as far as with Biden, with all this stuff happening, you gotta realize Russia. I mean, China and Russia owes Biden. I mean, he owes them. You know, they got money from him. They keeping that covered up. In the media, well, yeah, some of that, money. some of that's starting to come out. And there were questions raised, by the way. When get this, I mean, we're in the middle of a. Uh, uh, crushing prices, inflation on gasoline. Joe Biden takes our gasoline, our oil, out of the strategic oil reserves. He doesn't give it to Americans. He sells 
to China. How does that make sense? And why is there no real outrage over that? That Joe, this administration took some of the oil out of our strategic oil reserve and sold it to China. I don't get that. Well, I do get it, but we shouldn't get it, Wilfred. Look, man, you make great points. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate it. Let's go to Izzy in New York. Izzy, hello. Welcome. You're on Boston Early, Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Izzy? Hey, good morning, Boston Early. How are you, man? I'm good, thank you. I got to tell you, for the last two months, I am so turned on, no offense in that certain way, that you speak so legit, so straight, so to the point that it is amazing that more people cannot speak to the point the way you speak straight to the point. You don't BS around anything. You tell it like it is. You're straightforward. You don't hold any sides. You hold people accountable for the stupidity of what they say. And I'm just sometimes blushed just to hear how great you speak. Wow. Man, thank you. You know, that's, I'm kind of like, you know, if, wow. Blown away by that, Izzy. Thank you very much. I really appreciate those kind words from you. Thank you so much. Look, folks, this is one of the things I want to do. I'm not, you, you know, it's it's amazing. When you, when you work around greatness all your life, like, uh, ever since I was a kid, I worked around great radio people. You know, the first one that the, the first person that I I ever really uh, paid attention to in radio was my cousin Jerry Bledsoe, who was a disc jockey here in New York, very popular disc jockey. Did a TV show. That's why I first walked in the radio station. He was amazing, and he was an amazing teacher for me because he didn't spend a lot of time teaching me radio. He he, <clears throat> my first lesson in radio was he told me, "Oh, you want to be in radio? Fine. Write down everything you hear on the radio station." for a 24-hour period, write every, all of it down. So I did. I brought it to him. He didn't even look at it. He said, study it. That's a format. Figure it out. <gasps> okay. And then later on, he would say things to me like, you will be a great, you can be great in radio if you know who you are. Well, what does that mean? If you know who you are and you're not trying to pretend to be someone else, and you really have something interesting, well, then you can do this. Of course, then, I met this guy named Gary Bird, Imhotep Gary Bird. He's still on the air. Gary Bird is a genius. He's like a big brother to me. He's a mentor. And Gary was just the one that kind of blew blew my mind in terms of helping me to understand how to think differently. And Gary was amazing because he worked with a lot of us who are younger than him. We, he has a whole crew of guys that he mentored. And he started when he was 16 in the business. So then, years later, I come to WABC Radio as the music director, as a music researcher before music director. And there, what can you say? BDI, Big Dan Ingram, Ron Lundy, Jay Clark is a, a, a name that you wouldn't recognize. Jay Clark was the program director of WABC then, and he was just an amazingly supportive, great guy that also taught me a lot, as did a guy named Steve Goldstein and Mark Mason. 
And then it goes on from there. I met Rush Limbaugh, game over. Rush Limbaugh is the single, to me, the single greatest broadcaster that I have ever met and will meet in my life. He understood radio like nobody else. He performed like nobody else. His brain was on fire in terms of information. He was funny. He was genuine. And he was just a greater man and human being off the air as he was on the air. Greatness is a real thing. Greatness is a real thing. There are people that are just, for whatever reason, better than anybody else that does it. They have a a different, they were born to do it. That's what he used to say. I was born to talk, you were born to listen. And he was. And all of the executives behind him, guys like Craig Kitchen, guys like uh, uh, well, Julie Talbert, all these people, there, there are always people behind the scenes, just like right now. I couldn't do this show without my crew. We've got a great call screener. You guys talk to them every week. During the week, it's Kevin, it's Diego, it's Scott Soko, it's all these people. And it, it, that's, the guy on the air is only doing just a piece of it. It's all the other people that make this happen. Because if you don't have a good call screener, your show is going to suck. And thank you. If you don't have great engineers, your show is going to suck. I have people that are the best at what they do working with me. And so they make it seem like I know what I'm doing, that I shine. But these are the people. Later on, next hour, you're going to hear from Princess Di. Princess Di just a little bit of background. Princess Di and I worked together for a long time. Princess Di is not only my friend, she has been my teacher. Because when I don't know something, I can go to her and get answers on it. We have exchanged ideas. I remember early on in my career, I came to Princess Di and I said, I'm kind of in over my head. I'm I am, you know, this was back when I was just getting started with Rush, and I was doing a lot more. I was doing some writing stuff. I was working with the newsletter a little bit, and I felt a little bit overwhelmed. And so I asked Princess Di, what do I do here? She said, here's what you, she said, number one, stop being silly. You're not in over your head. Number two, here's what you do. You listen to this, 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 read this, 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 watch this, 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 and then... By the time you do that regularly, you will be up to speed on everything that you need to be up to speed on. And I did it. She is amazing. She has an amazing capacity for analysis that nobody else in this country has except for Rush Limbaugh. That's who she is, right? So it's all of these people. You heard Ken Matthews earlier. You hear Mark Stein. Mark Stein is, huh? Mark Stein is is a dream of a talent. Mark Stein is an author that his his writing is just, it's unsurpassed. As a broadcaster, he does radio, he does television, and he's done all of it well. Not just here in the United States, but he's done it abroad. And then on top of that, he's an entertainer. He sings, he does, he has a full life doing media. It's all of these people. But my point is that 
it's not that I'm great or do I, I feel humbled to be around all the people that I've been blessed to work with on the music side and on the talk side. I've had a full life in this. In this, nobody could have. I, there's no way that I could be nothing but grateful for the life that I've had in broadcasting because I've worked around the greatest of the great, the big names. Mark Levin. I mean, Mark was on with us the other day. You know, the great one. They don't call him that for nothing. Sean Hannity is a dear friend of mine. Sean Hannity's great. All these people, from Jerry to Gary Bird to 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 all of these guys, have just been nothing but 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 um, contributing to my life. And I am just the most blessed person on earth because I've had a chance to work with the best people I could possibly ever work with, and I'm still working with them. So I don't feel like I'm all that great, but I do feel that the people that I work with are great, and 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 I am so deeply appreciative. Anyway, <clears throat> get a little emotional here. I'm sorry. Hour number two in the can. Hour number three coming up. Your calls. If you've been on hold, if you've been on hold a long time, I'm going to try to get to you really soon. Telephone number 800-848-WABC-848-9222. James Golden, Snurley with you here. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We continue with hour number three right after this. Yeah, you know what? I, of course, you know, when you start naming names, you leave people out, and then you're like, oh, my God, I left someone out. You know, let me just give a quick shout-out to Bobby J. Bobby J, a lot of y'all know him from CBS FM. Bobby J used to tutor me for hours. Music. Like, when I was a kid, kid, you know, first in the business, 20-something, he would bring me into the control, into the production room, and he would sit, literally sit down and school me as to all the music that was happening that I didn't know about from previous decades, going way back to the 1930s and up and all that stuff, and always very encouraging. And, you know, it was guys like Bobby. I went to high school with some guys like Fred Bugs, Bugsy, who you might hear on some of the music stations there that have always been, you know, great. And then, of course, there was the Rush team. Rush put together a team of people that there will be no equal to in broadcasting. And I don't mean that to slam anybody else. Everybody that worked for Rush, every single one, everybody was the very best at what they did. That's like the people that got it, Kathleen Gleason and, and, and George Preyus, all these people. Some of them came over from TV when Rush did his TV show. And then we had our our newsletter crew. Rush had the um, the number one political newsletter in America. This is a guy from radio, and he, and you know the the amazing thing about it, we didn't have all these meetings and stuff like that. Rush hired people, and he let them just do their jobs. You do your job. We didn't have all these meetings after meeting after meeting after this. Do your job and do it well. You know what's expected of you. Be excellent. 
And that's why people never left. I mean, people stay with Rush from the beginning all the way to the end. Because he was just amazing like that. So, uh, and, and there are always people I'm going to leave out. I'm sorry. Like guys like, and some of them worked here, by the way, WABC with us, like Mike Mamone. I met Mike Mamone, the broadcast engineer for EIB. I met Mike. We were in our 20s. We were kids working at WABC. You know, Rich Radabali's still here, my man Rich at WABC. It was good times. So I just, it's a shout out, you know, and I thank you for all that. There is a story um, in the BizPack review today, or was in BizPack review actually two days ago. Act now, sir. Democrats demand Biden declare a public health emergency for women over the abortion ruling. And to me, this is really interesting. What Democrats, they are so unhappy with what has happened after Roe v. Wade. And they're demanding that Biden do something, do something. So they're demanding that Biden declare this now a public health emergency now that Roe v. Wade has been relegated to the ash heap of history. But there are danger signs with this, and some people are pointing it out. If you declare this, a public health emergency, and you start trying to regulate because of that, it will end up back at the Supreme Court. And if the Supreme Court clips the wings of liberals further, it may limit the power of government to deal with things like the pandemic. They won't have this freewheeling regime that they had this time by declaring something a public health emergency and demanding that people shut down their businesses, shut down their livelihoods, wear masks. You're mandated to get this vaccine or that vaccine or else you lose your job. If liberals are worried, if you do this, Biden, and you start moving in declaring this a health emergency, don't let this one end up at court because this could really upend liberal power. So, again, that's a great story out of BizPack Review. I'm going to go through some headlines here. The quiet fight to keep legacy emissions. This is an interesting story that was in the New York Times. Here, let me just give you the real cut and dry one, two, three on this one. One, two, three. The Supreme Court's going to take a look at affirmative action. Pow time. Yes. In the next term. And this is dealing with Yale and their diversity program. But here's what has liberals really worried about that one. If affirmative action falls, legacy, legacy admissions, they're admitting me to Harvard because my daddy went to Harvard. That could be in trouble too. I got into Yale because mama went to Yale. Really? So you see the house of cards of liberalism. They have used, liberals have used the Supreme Court to build a house of cards on everything from environmental law, civil rights law, all of these things. They didn't do it through the elective process. This is something Rush used to talk about a lot. The Democrats do not, did not construct their public policy by the will of the people. In other words, they didn't go to elections and we have an election, and we have representatives, and the election said 
okay, this is the policy with regard to abortion state by state. That is what is returned to now. But up until then, liberals used the court to impose their ideology on America. Global warming stuff, this global warming business. You didn't get a chance to vote on that. Their EP, by the way, I cannot, you know, I, everything's a tangent. Okay, Richard Nixon gave us the EPA. I happen to like Richard Nixon as the president. <gasps> yeah, I do. I think Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon to me was like the last, uh, Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan until Donald Trump to me were the last great American presidents. Uh, Nixon gave us the EPA. Nixon gave us OSHA. Nixon gave us affirmative action, for goodness sake. I did not like Nixon's domestic policy, by the way. That includes the three of those. But Nixon gave us OSHA. He gave us the EPA. He Richard Nixon was the one that gave us this affirmative action thing that we're living with now. And, 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 of course, Democrats still call Republicans racist, even though it was a Republican who started this whole affirmative action business. But if the courts knock this down, it would be a great day for America. All of these things that the American people never wanted, never voted for, liberals have got through the courts. And now, 50, 60 years of this has come to an end, and they are panicked. For 50 years, the Democrats, liberals have been able, and the progressives have been able to make their little deals, like these environmental deals. Sometimes they happen in conjunction with lower courts. Basically, legislating policy, which is not what they're supposed to do. But this is how liberals assumed all this power, through the courts. And now it's beginning to backfire. You win through the courts, now you lose through the courts. And now they're starting to understand the danger of having a Supreme Court that has outstripped its own authority. Because now everything that they got through the courts is in jeopardy. And so what do they say now? Oh, no, no. Oh, we have to change the rules. We need to pack the court. We need more justices. Why? If it was okay, if you believed in the court then, why don't you believe in the court now? Because they know that what they have gained has been an illicit gain. What they gained in Roe v. Wade was fraudulent. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said this legislation is not built on sound constitutional principles. It's, it's, it's arbitrary. It was a political decision by the Supreme Court. It was an ideological decision by the Supreme Court. It should have never stood for 50 years, but it did. Now it's down, and they're having a cow. Now this Supreme Court clipped their wings of the Environmental Protection Agency, and they're having a cow. Now this Supreme Court next term is going to hear a case on election law, and they are panicked already. They are panicked that the court is going to say no more, and this is what's so ironic about this. The Supreme Court is going to rule whether the courts, whether the lower courts really are the bosses of elections. When the Constitution says it's supposed to be the state legislature. Constitution says clearly, 
state legislatures involved with elections. Yet, in the last election cycle, what happened? You had all these courts, like in Pennsylvania, saying, "Ah, you know, screw that. People have COVID. It's COVID. So never mind the laws. We can just, oh, you want to extend the voting privileges? No problem. You want to have these mail, these, 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 these voter ballot harvesting boxes put up? Eh, no problem. You want to ignore the identification laws on mail-in ballots? Oh, no problem. And you have liberal after liberal screaming that this last election was so fair, nothing was absolutely wrong. And again, it's a denial of the truth. There were many irregularities in the last election that occurred because the court stepped in and made law instead of the instead of the legislatures. And now the Supreme Court's going to be looking at that. And you know what? Liberals are panicked. They are wetting their pants and their panties in advance of this one because they know, they know if the Supreme Court says, I'm sorry, the courts can no longer step in and make election law, that their chances of winning elections go significantly down because then you have to play by the rules. And if it's one thing liberals hate, it is playing by the freaking rules. So this court now with these legacy admissions and all this affirmative action stuff, all each and every one of the pillars of liberal ideology that was won through the court system is now in danger. And that is why they're having a cow. Your call's coming up. James Golden, it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's <laughs> Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Well, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, back <laughs> from her time witnessing the world birth as her empire <laughs> expands. The royal family expands. Our very own Princess Di is back with us this weekend. And, of course, we're so glad to have you here, Princess Di. (laughs) Thank you, Sir James. (laughs) What in the world, Diana, Princess Di? Yeah, I mean, do we call you Mother Princess now? Because it's like Queen Mother. (laughs) So is it like Princess Mother? I like you Princess can just Mother. call me die. You know, you don't need all the royal titles, but whatever you feel comfortable with. Princess Mother. Okay. <laughs> so you reminded me of something that we have our own poll, the TI, the Golden TIPP poll, and we actually did some poll numbers on this whole inflation thing. Do you remember what we found on the Golden TIPP poll? By the way, this is our poll, and we don't highlight it enough. I do a poll. We do a poll ourselves with Technometrica, the Technometrica Institute for Public Policy, they are the single most credible pollster in this country when it comes to the last five election cycles, gotten it right every time. And they do just amazing polling. And so we have the Golden TIPP poll, and we had just had a release about this whole inflation thing. What did we find? Well, the questions that we asked, I really wanted to know specifics. I mean, everyone has heard that inflation is hitting people, and that's what the midterms are going to turn on. So it's a political issue. And so we were wondering, well, specifically, how is that affecting people? And 
the poll results were really scary, I think, because so many people are going without food. 34% said that they were eating less, which really surprised me. There were, you know, anywhere from a quarter to a third, basically doing the usual things, you know, shopping at bargain stores and that sort of thing. And a good almost a third were actually not buying as much meat, cutting back on big ticket items. But when I saw that that 34% of people were eating less, that to me is, this is a serious problem in America. We're going to food banks. I mean, this is now hitting not just people in need in traditionally, but the middle class, that they're using the resources that have been set up for those who have very little. And that is a scary thing. And the Democrats are 100 percent responsible for this. Now, part of me, of course, wants to make light of this, Diana. I can't help it because for years and years, these liberals have been telling us that we're all too fat. We need to stop eating. (laughs) And so now people are eating less. And so we should be celebrating if you're on the left. But you point to something that's really true, and that is this, that people, there are so many hardworking people in this country. These people, Diana, they get up, they go to fill their cars with gas, and now in some cases they're paying up to anywhere from 70 to to $100 to fill up their cars. They, especially in families with kids, now are dealing with a whopping grocery bill. Every time they go to the store and every week, despite what this press secretary woman for Biden says, oh, ignore the numbers. People can't ignore the numbers when they go into the store because it's real every day. You have to pay this if you want this stuff. Not to mention what this does to your psyche when you work, 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 and it seems like your life is not getting better. It's getting worse. And so you have to maintain your optimism and your spirit when you're going through all of this. This is what Joe Biden and these Democrats are doing to America. And this, I hope, will be the deciding factor in the 2022 elections. Well, it will. And that's the thing that Democrats can't spin. They are so used to kind of waving their hands and their rhetoric changing reality for them in their minds. In this case, reality is reinforced by everyday people every day going to actually purchase things and filling their tanks. So you cannot spin the cost of fuel and you cannot spin the cost of food and that is really it happens so fast and the the spike is so stark that politically there's no answer to it on the democrat side and they're trying everything that they can but they've got nothing switching gears our very own alexandria ocasio-cortez is demanding that chucky schumer Boy, she's really kind of isolating there, Chuck Schumer. Kind of like, hmm, Chuck, you doing something or not? Or should I run for Senate? Oh, never mind. Anyway, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is demanding, she and her progressives, that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi step to the plate and strip the Supreme Court of any jurisdiction when it comes to abortion. Now, I must say, many people don't realize that is totally within the purview of Congress if they wanted to. 
Congress could step in and say, hey, hey, court, Supreme Court, you're out of this. You don't get to decide this anymore, according to Article 3 in the Constitution. They could do that, but they would never do it. Oh, man, imagine if they open up that door. Uh, but So what do you think? What do you think is going on here with AOC? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Well, it's Princess, just occurring. Hey, 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 wait a minute. I'm not. Alexandria, let me, let me in, in honor of Joe Biden, let me get this straight. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is a breakfast taco without equal. Okay. My name is Jennifer Lopez. I eat tacos y burritos. <laughs> Don't be rude. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, James. It has occurred to the the elected officials that they are now trying to replace the, you know, abortion constitutional protections, as they call it, that have disappeared with legislation in Congress. And it occurs to them, well, that's then going to go before the same court that struck down yes. the Roe versus Wade. So now she and her cohort, the squad, there's, you know, the usual suspects, Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar and Corey Bush, Mondaire Jones and Jamal Bowman, they've decided that, well, we need to change what the court can look at and we have to restrict what they can, you know, ju- their jurisdiction, the things that they can rule on, which, as you say, is part of Article 3 in the Constitution. She also says that they, they should be impeached, the court expansion should be on the table, <laughs> and recusal should be on the table. So she is just trying to dictate to the court, thank goodness for our founding documents, which includes the separation of powers. And so she has no more say right now, unless she can get a majority, which she can't, even in her own caucus, that she has no more say than I or you would have on what the court can rule on. They have very little support for any of these ideas within the Democratic Party, much less the country at large. So this is just a marginal fringe thing. Of course, they're never going to give up on it, and they'll keep trying for generations to do all these things. But, you know, as things look now politically, this is a real long shot. Well, I have to tell you, you know what, you just said something that's really critical, that they're going to, and and if anybody thinks on our side that this is over, it is not. Because right. just like for 50 years, we have been trying to overturn that egregious ruling. Don't think that for the next 50 years, they're not going to be trying to restore Roe versus Wade. This is what's on yes. their table. The next 50 yes, years. Yes, and they're trying every single lever that they can, the presidency, everything. They, they are really knocking their heads against the wall and are frustrated because they cannot come up with any solution so far. The other uh, piece that I don't know if you saw on The Atlantic, that the liberals are threatening to pick up and leave, and this geographical shifting is supposed to going to be happening between red states and blue states. The blue state people say, come here, and so red states, liberals are threatening to leave. And the the Atlantic did a piece and basically saying it's not going to happen because less leaning states cost so much to live there. I mean, it's an, a hilarious piece in that in the middle of it, basically this, you know, swerved into the truth on why red state liberals aren't going to leave red states because of it 
cost too much. You notice in the New York City, uh, rents are now $5,000 a month. Yes, 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 yes. So who is going to move there just to escape, you know, supposed restrictive abortion laws? Well, I think that you might find a few daredevils that want to move here. Look, you can move here, pay $5,000 for rent, and then take your chances when you go on the subway. It's like constant Russian roulette. It's like, come on, let's live a little. Let's get the adrenaline up. Let's take our chances and walk on the street and see if we can come back home in one piece. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be saying that. There may be a few, but this uh, the thesis is that it's going to completely scramble American geography, which it will not. It is going to be people on the margins. Maybe a few will move, but people are voting so solidly with their feet coming to red states now that that is not going to affect that. All right. One last thing. We talked yesterday about Joe Manchin. Oh, the the fury over Manchin continues and spills over in the day. If you don't know, folks, Joe Manchin has once again pulled the rug out. He did his Charlie Brown routine, his Lucy routine with Charlie Brown, where he pulled the rug out from under them yesterday. Suppose he says, yeah, you know what? This whole uh, Green New Deal thing, uh, no, I think not. And the tax thing, y'all want it? No, I don't think so. They are livid. They're whining. They're screaming. They're moaning. They are angry. You said early on, look, Joe Manchin in the end is going to cave. Yesterday you said, well, I may have been wrong. Uh, Diane, you may have been right. Because today, quietly, amidst all the stories of how much fury there is, Joe Manchin is the worst person on earth, scum of the earth, old Joe Manchin. Um, Joe Manchin's retreating. He's, well, come on, I'm just saying. I, I didn't say no. I said just let's see what the new inflation numbers are. I'm not saying no. Um, this guy is just, I mean, to me, he's Weasley. You, you don't really know where this guy is going to come from, from one minute to the next. I can understand why Democrats are infuriated with him. And all I have to say is, haha, too bad. I like it. We had McCain. We have Romney. How do you like it? Enjoy it. Enjoy your little maverick. Anyway. The thing is, though, it's the same language now that he's been using where he basically is trying to string them along in his own party and saying, I might. And he's been supposedly negotiating for weeks until on Thursday when he pulled the rug out from under them. And so this idea that he's going to, well, I might come back if the inflation is. The inflation, first of all, is not going to be lower for the July numbers. So there's no way he's going to come to the table again because it's been on a steady increase. It went from 8.5 to 9.1 in one month, and it is still on the upswing. So he is leaving this as a rhetorical out to make him, you know, appear more reasonable to the press. But I doubt that that he's going to be coming to the table. Well, I hope not. And I hope that this whole agenda of theirs just continues to go up in flames. They don't have that much time. They do not have a lot of legislative time between now and the midterm elections. So, and as if, you said, he's actually saving them because these, you know, trillions of dollars more in spending he prevented from happening. So inflation would probably be double what it is if if he had not stopped the BBB Build Back Better. Yeah, the Build Back BS. Anyway, Princess Di is always such a treat to have you. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you uh, next week. Thanks so much for everything. And um, just remember... Uh, uh, have a breakfast taco today, please. <laughs> oh, it's always a 
always good to be here, James. And I thank you for your kind words before. And none of them were true because you never needed any help politically. You were always top of the line. Oh. <laughs> James Golden, a.k.a. Bush Nerdly here. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back right after this. Oh, knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. <laughs> From Princess Die to another Princess Die, Diana Ross and brings us back. This one produced by Nile Rogers. Nile Rogers of chic fame. You know, Diana Ross is in her 70s now, I think. Late 70s, What a great dance song. You know, the... the, uh, the CEO of uh, Charbucks. Oh, did I say that? <clears throat> yeah, I did. The CEO of Charbucks. <laughs> Let me stop. The CEO of Starbucks, uh, Howard Schultz, is blaming woke elected officials in Democrat-run cities for having to close 16 stores, mostly on the West Coast. Wait till they get around to the East Coast. And what he says, in my view, at the local, state, federal level, these governments across the country and leaders, mayors, governors, and city councils have abdicated their responsibility in fighting crime and addressing mental illness. We're going to have to refine and transform and modernize many of the things we do to meet the needs of our customers in a very changing operating environment in which customer behavior is changing, meaning... These criminal types, you know, the types that jump over counters, want to beat up the workers. In one case, some gal here asked for hot water, threw it on the Star Wars, on, on the uh, Charbucks person. Burned severely, the, the Charbucks person, right? Um, and so they, they're like, look, we can't subject our, our, our employees to these criminal behaviors in certain neighborhoods. <clears throat> So we're going to close the stores. Ha. Huh. And then Democrats will turn around and whine about food deserts and how come certain neighborhoods don't have, well, your criminals are running loose. And the CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz, has just called them out on it. Governor Hochul. Oh, this one. This one, she's a piece of work. <clears throat> she originally backed this idea to strip New York police officers of their civil liability, their qualified immunity. Now, because it's in a, now she's trying to dance around it and say, well, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Well, maybe not. 
Look, this is the one that's responsible for keeping Alvin Bragg in office. She could have fired him already. She supports bail reform. That has led to all these criminals being on the street. So don't let her double talk you with this business of I don't know whether I want to strip the police of immunity. Yes, she wants to strip the police of immunity. It's just getting too close to the elections for her to say it out loud. Our unelected governor here in New York. In North Carolina, you know how Democrats always say they're for the common man, they blah, blah, blah. Guess what the Democrats are doing in North Carolina? In North Carolina, Democrats are trying to keep the Green Party from being on the ballot. The Green Party, they're, 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 they're ideological, you know, soulmates. They're environmentalist wackos. North Carolina Democrats are saying, hey, look, you green people cost us too many votes. Y'all get the hell on out of here now. Go play in traffic somewhere, hopefully, in a polluted city, and leave us alone. <sighs> Democrats. Oh, Joe Biden says he's going to use his executive power, executive power, to get his climate change agenda, the Green New Deal, I guess, passed through. And, and, ladies and gentlemen, we have this. And now I want you to pay real close attention to this one. Because this will tell you a lot without saying a lot. This comes today from Pack Review. There's a group of migrant men coming to the country legally. You know, they didn't, you know, they just got through the border. And they are praising President Biden. And what they told reporters is President Biden is helping us a lot. Now, y'all wondering where that little surge is coming from down there? 15,000 people came through Del Rio. They're flooding the border. Nobody's checking. Fentanyl's coming everywhere in the country, everywhere you look. And illegal, and I just want to make something clear. Ain't nobody opposed to legal immigration here. I want people from all over the world. We are melting pot in America. I love the fact that we have immigrants from all over the world here. I am not anti-immigrant, and I ain't going to tolerate nobody that's anti-immigrant because they don't like somebody's skin color or because they don't, whatever that nonsense is, is stupidity. What all we are saying is obey the laws of the country. If you want to come here, come here legally. Ain't got no problem with that. Come on. Just come here legally. That's it. And guess what? I can't go to any other country and go illegally and expect people to take care of me. All we're saying is just be fair. Okay? Now, a group of men came through Venezuela, Cuba, through Eagle Pass, and they're saying that Joe Biden is helping them a lot, very strong, and they want to thank him for receiving us. Many of them said they've been traveling for months in bad conditions, but when they got here, they were all groomed and cleaned up. And I'm telling you, now our own Todd Bensman, we do we do a podcast on the on the border. Our own Todd Bensman has confirmed that there are the United Nations and some religious groups are also helping to get this. There's a whole network that is involved in moving these tens of thousands of people from 
below the southern border of Mexico into Mexico and then from Mexico into the United States. This is a huge effort. And now you have a group of migrant men saying, hey, Joe, thanks for all your help. Thanks there, Joe. Hmm, interesting, isn't that? Let's head to the telephone, shall we? Let us start with Leo in Manhattan. Thank you for holding so long, Leo. Appreciate you here. You're on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza with Bo Snubby. How are you? Good morning, James. I'm okay. I just first want to congratulate Princess Di for the for the new member of royal family. Absolutely. Uh, James, unless you heard about already about PPPS, uh, I have a breaking news. Go ahead. PPPS, political Polarization Petrol Systems. Uh, I invented it about two weeks ago, so maybe you oh. haven't heard about it yet. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, basically, weekend, James, one of my daughters is an architect from Columbia University. The youngest one is a major, math major from Fordham. I have crunched the numbers, and it's bulletproof. We can have $3, $3 a gallon uh, gasoline, even if price of crude oil gets up to $150 a barrel. Really? This is how it works. Yes, absolutely. It's a, The math is bulletproof. Me, you, President Trump. Everybody, anyone of us can have it. So this is the way. Uh, all gas stations are going to get a bucket of red and blue paint and inflatable elephants and donkeys. And on one side of gas stations going to be red pumps, where it's going to be gas for $3 <laughs> a gallon. On the other side is going to be blue stations, where it's going to be $13 a gallon. Okay? There's going to be one... <laughs> There's going to be one station on the side like this, usually diesel. That's going to be for Democrats who are willing to pay, to vote 2024 for President Trump or whatever who's going to be our our, our nominee. The $6, the price which is actual now. I just love this, Leo. What a great idea. We have red and blue gas stations. Well, no, red and blue, red and blue sides of a gas station. Republicans can go in. The red guys buy their gas for three bucks a gallon. The, the Democrats, since they support all that liberal nonsense, hey, you guys pay thirteen a gallon. Subsidize the rest of it. I love it, Leo. Brilliant plan. Love it. Oh, Let's go to George in Rockland County. Thank you, Leo. George in Rockland County. How are you this hey. morning, George? Hey, James. Okay, so I'll try to, with your help, uh, try to tie some loose ends here. And i like to talk about um, uh, law professors and crime, okay? And that's basically to take off uh, last uh, yesterday when you were, uh, gave us uh, the rundown about this uh, professor from Berkeley, okay? So mm-hmm. uh, thinking about the way she described what she thinks, uh, it's no wonder that we get those DAs and you know and some of the fence oh. lawyers. After all, after all, all of them are going in and are being taught by a distinguished professor like the Berkeley professor. And who cares what your reality is? Okay, I mean we're going to make our own laws, and obviously the end result is is a crime. 
Um, and, and I guess that's the way it goes uh, in, in the world of law and order. What do you think? Uh, George, I think you're brilliant, and I think that you just – look, I think you just laid this out beautifully. What do you expect when you have district attorneys that think the way they do? We all shake our heads. We wonder. But then you listen to the, this law school professor, Rhett, out of Berkeley. She's the one that's teaching people. And it all comes together. George, brilliant. Thank you. Let's go to Yonkers, New York. Teddy, welcome. You're on WABC. James Golden, Bo Snurley. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. What's up, Teddy? Uh, good morning, James. Uh, you know, I've spoken to you a couple of times. You always told me to call back, even though I disagree with you on the majority of the topics that you discussed. Okay. okay. Uh, and I want to just say a couple of things, James. I agree with you on many things, including about law and the police have to have be able to enforce the law, not have put handcuffs on themselves. I agree with you. District Attorney Bragg has to go. I agree with you. I'm a balanced Democrat, like Ed Koch was, a Democrat with sanity, okay? But I don't care for the Boberts, like her husband. She gave an excuse for her husband taking out his penis at the bar, and she said that he was enticed by the girl, okay? Yeah, it was in the newspaper, but no one brings that up, especially the Republicans. Well, you know, look, hold on, hold on. This is the first time, look, I must tell you, I don't, I read a lot, and I read something in passing about Boebert's husband, but I didn't read that he had pulled his his thing out in front of people. I mean, that's kind of weird, but okay, I'll look into, well, ew, that sounds, I'll look into it, and ew, um, thank you for bringing it to our attention, Teddy. And I'm not unhappy that you brought it to our attention. Okay? What else, Ted? What else do you have for us? Okay, I appreciate you giving me time, uh, James. The big topic that I want to discuss in today's daily news, and I'm reading it, James. It says, affirms cops or Trump's limo fit. He affirms the president's rage when they wouldn't drive him to Capitol. A Washington, D.C. cop has reportedly confirmed explosive reports that former President Trump got into a physical altercation with Secret Service agents. He sought to go to the Capitol to lead the violent insurrection. Okay? Okay, listen, listen, Teddy. I want the truth just as much as you do. I want those Secret Service men to testify they were in the car with with President Trump, not this, not a police officer, the Secret Service. A local Washington police officer is not in the car with the president. So if he wants to testify, bring it. I want the Secret Service people to testify. And I want to know, Teddy, how come it's been weeks now? How come they, you know, it's funny about this J6 kangaroo court. They can bring anybody they want when they think they've got something to slam President Trump with. But they seem to be slow on the draw to get people who say, wait a minute, that's not the case. Have you noticed that? In all fairness, have you, shouldn't, don't you think that those Secret Service men that refuted this should have been already testified, have already testified, Teddy? Now, they have not yet done so. And I don't know why. Yes, Exactly. Why haven't they testified? Hey, Teddy, I want the truth. I'm not afraid of the truth. Bring it. Let me ask you this hypothetical. 
I'm just, and then I'll go because I know you want to speak to other people. So here's the hypothetical, and I people say, well, you can't deal with hypotheticals, but let me present it to you. Assuming that the these Secret Service people do testify under oath, and they confirm, they confirm that President Trump, former President Trump, and I hope it'll, and I hope it'll ever be former President Trump, he did have a confrontation with the Secret Service agent in the car. What would your reaction be? Would it change about your affiliation and support of Trump? That's, that's the question. That's an, okay, and I'm glad you asked it because my answer is easy. No. I love President Trump. Hope he wins again. Teddy, love you too, and I'm glad to always hear from you. Hope you call again. Thanks. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. We're coming right back after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Delphonics. The genius of Tom Dell. Delphonics bring us back. Billy Groove. On WABC, Talk Radio 77, their first major hit, La La Means I Love Ya. Guys have come to you with a line that wasn't true, and you passed them by. Passed them by. Though you're in the ring, and their lines don't mean a thing, why don't you let me try? Tom, Jersey Shore, welcome. It's Bo Snurdly, James Golden on WABC. What's up, Tom? The Melvin Franklin of America's Talk Radio. It's a pleasure to speak with you. And Thank you, please, sir. Uh, uh, and and uh, please tell your screener, thank you so much. And you for playing that tremendous song by the Delphonics, uh, sung and written by uh, William Hart. William Hart. Who on, yeah, who died on uh, a Thursday, I think. Um <gasps> Yeah, uh, I just, I'm just so glad that you played that song. He uh, he composed it because his daughter um, used to say "la la" instead of "love," and so he made that song up. Uh, you know, it's uh, brought a lot of hearts together, I'm sure. Um, so thank you again for for doing that. Uh, I wanted to make a comment and and maybe get yours. Uh, when when Biden went to Saudi Arabia, where he is now, I'm still, I guess. Yeah. It was reported that he took MSB in a back room or in a private room, let's put it that way, and um, and laid down the law to him that he helped him, uh, MSB, personally responsible for uh, uh, Mr. Khashoggi's murder uh, a couple of years back. And um, do you know what uh, MSB might have said back to him? What? You can get up off your knees now, Mr. Biden. God bless you, James. I listen to you at 4 o'clock in early morning. God bless you. Fabulous. Bye-bye. Thank you. Appreciate it. I did not know that William Hart passed, Um, and so thank you for telling me. One of my favorite groups, and I'll I'll look into that great group, Delphonics, 
So thank you. Let's go to Long Island and Gary. Gary, welcome you on WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. Good morning, James. Thanks for your great show six days a week. A couple of weeks ago, you spoke to your buddy Omar Hakim in conjunction with the Foo Fighters and Taylor Hawkins tribute concerts coming up. I might have missed it, but are you familiar with the, the young lady from South Africa, Nindy Bushell? No, I'm not. You've got to check out the YouTube clip of her. Okay. She challenged she challenged Dave Grohl to a drum off uh, last August. He invited her, brought her over from South Africa, and she played at a concert at the Forum. She's going to be playing at Wembley for the first tribute concert. Oh, so on sure September third. Okay. Yes. So be sure to ask Omar to thank her because he'll see her there. She she actually jammed. She played the drums for Everlong last August at the Forum in L.A. And if, if you watch that clip of James, uh, Dave Grohl introducing her and watch the clip till it's fi- finish, it's wonderful. It's just it'll bring a tear to your eye. Thank you, Gary. I so appreciate it. I love my weddings. Thank you, Gary. I'm going to do that. I appreciate the call so much. Kevin in Manhattan, you have something I want to make sure we get in today, Kevin. Right to your point, please. All right. Well, yeah, Noah, uh, uh, tomorrow Sunday is the uh, 26th anniversary of uh, uh, the downing of TWA Flight 800. Um, it was the, uh, I was on the, uh, I'm retired in NYPD, and uh, I was on a scuba team back in the day. Uh, that was our biggest, probably the biggest operation in the history of the team. Um, we did. Can I ask you one of, question? Sh- sure, sure. Do you think we got the truth on what happened to TWA 800? Opinion is absolutely not. <laughs> Thank you. Um, there were, Thank there you. were too, many people, was, too many people. Too, too many, many people saw what happened. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. Um, we did three, we did 312 dives as a team working with the Navy, Coast Guard, uh, FDNY, FBI, NTSB, uh, Nassau County, Suffolk County. Uh, it was a huge operation. I have a personal stake in the whole thing, um, I can tell you, offline, because um, it, it would take little uh, – it, uh, okay. it would take just too much time to tell the story. But, um, uh, yeah, I just wanted people to remember that, uh, uh, you know, 230 people perished that day. And the entire operation for everybody that was involved underwater, we recovered, I believe it was like 90% of the plane, some incredible, uh, you know, incredible percentage. Incredible work. Incredible work, Kevin. Kevin, I really thank you, and I'd love to hear. Kevin, this was um, – what what an amazing thing that you you called with this. This is something I will never forget, not just TWA, not just what happened. When you called, I heard what you said – the downing of TWA. I heard that loud and clear. I, folks, I got to tell you, I don't think we got the real story on that one. Let us go to Steve in Nassau County. Steve, thanks for holding so long. What's on your mind quickly? Time's running out. Good morning, Bo. I wanted to talk about defunding Wall Street, not the stock market, but that would take too long. I just want to touch base on the uh, oil reserves being uh, sold. Uh, yes. The government doesn't drill oil, as far as I know, so they bought the oil from somebody. Who'd they buy it from? How much did they pay? When it was sold to whoever it was sold to, how much did they sell it for? And where did the money go? Did it go to stock market? Could this be treasonous that um, 
uh, it went to uh, China? I don't know, but... Uh, hmm, there's that T word. Hmm, there's that T word again. Hmm. We need answers, Steve. There's a, the other T word that we need is the truth. We need truth. We That's the where we started from on the show this morning, truth. And that's where we're going to end up. We need the truth. Uh, Junior not, Walker, all stars. You like Junior Walker and the All Stars? I love Junior Walker and the All Stars. I've never heard you play it, but maybe someday you will. Well, we did play it. We had Archie Pruitt on, who is the CEO of New Journey, and Archie Pruitt's granddad is Junior Walker. We played What Does It Take to Win Your Love for Me when he was on, so we do play some Junior Walker. You know, we have our usual theme. But today, I think maybe if Diego's quick on the draw, we might just be able to back out of here with a little Junior Walker and the All-Stars. What does it take to win your love for me? That's it, folks. Out of here. Always a pleasure to be with you each and every Saturday morning. May God bless and protect each and every one of you. And your families, I'll be back Monday at 4 o'clock for Boston Early's Rush Hour. Have a wonderful, greatest weekend of your life. Bye.